As I did promise you earlier on, um, I'm going to be chatting to uh, the CEO of Higher Health, uh, Dr. Ramnik Aluwalia. Um, he is on the line right now um, to talk about everything Higher Health and especially with the importance of uh, the STI and Condom Week um, that is happening uh, this week uh, by the Department of Health. Um, we're going to be chatting everything Higher Health and all of that right now. Uh, Dr. Ramnik, good morning. Morning. Yes, thank you so much uh, for making time to chat to us. How are you doing this morning? Very well, and how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I know that, um, uh, you know, you're the CEO of Higher Health, uh, and you are, you know, working on behalf of the, the, the Department of Higher Education and Training in partnership with University of South Africa. But uh, just let us know a little bit more about uh, Higher Health and the kind of work that you do. Um, yeah, Higher Health uh, um, runs across all our universities, and across all our TVET colleges in South Africa, uh, at every campus, we've got about 422 campuses in South Africa. Probably that's how big the post-school education system is within South Africa. Um, right from the epidemic of HIV to TB, and today we're discussing STIs, which is sexually transmitted infections, sexual reproductive health issues, which is uh, primarily related to our unplanned pregnancies, teenage pregnancies, um, issues related to mental health, issues related to sexual and gender-based violence, um, how to support our disabled students, how to support our students who are from the LGBTQI community, um, how do we fight drugs and alcohol abuse prevention. So that's all uh, are the seven pillars of the project of higher health that tries to fight the wraparound issues that are needed, not just the financial support that the Department of Health in providing via NASFAS, but also looking at the whole wraparound support to ensure a student eventually comes out healthy as a graduate. His graduates are high. We give skillful, healthy individual. And, of course, we have seen that these epidemics uh, at this young age of 15, 17, 18, when they join TVETs or mm. university colleges, grapple them very quite early. And the aim is to mitigate them. The aim is to sail these unbound freedom of our children without parental control, the peer-to-peer influence, and how do we assess them to sail them through these difficult times. So I know we're looking right now at um, uh, the STI and uh, condom week, um, and I know Higher Health, um, you know, seeks to reduce the incidence of such health conditions. Uh, but what are you as an organization uh, currently doing um, uh, to do so? So, um, yeah, I mean, we're doing a lot of programs. The first program that we run is a second curriculum, you know. Uh, you know, the first curriculum runs every day inside our institution. That's our prime job is to give teaching and learning. But what we are emphasizing is a second curriculum. Remember when you in your school, when your child or your children go to school, they have something called extramural, when they can join arts, they can join uh, rugby. We have started a, something called an extramural, which is a, 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 a regulated, accredited second curriculum. It's a kind of a peer-to-peer education curriculum. And it runs every campus in a TVET college or a university after hours. It sometimes runs in residences, sometimes it runs in recess, sometimes it runs in the same classrooms but after hours. And then there is a lot of peer-to-peer dialogues on gender-based violence, mental health, HIV. There's nothing better to fight STIs, 
to, to educate on condoms, to educate on gender-based violence, to educate on mental health via a peer-to-peer uh, program, which is a regulated and, and via curriculum. So we run a second curriculum program. This peak season of February and March, when the first years join, is an induction period, and I think we utilize this period quite intensively to, to run our second curriculum uh, in, a, in a much more organized way. We've got about an army of about 5,000 um, soldiers or peer educators and about 1,000 academics, which are peer mentors, that are running this program every day at our campuses. Um, of course, every dialogue, every peer-to-peer session eventually goes through a self-assessment risk tool. We certainly believe that there's no education if there's nothing called practical doing into it. And the best practical is when you do a risk assessment of your own life um, right there. If you have learned about HIV, then try to answer some questions around HIV for yourself. For example, do you have unprotected sex? There's only one answer, either yes or a no. Are you at risk to having relationships with a partner you do not know who knows his HIV status? Is either a yes or a no. So similarly, we try to ask multiple questions through a self-assessment risk tool that we have developed with the help of World Health Organizations and many other partner agencies. We run campaigns like First Things First. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah. I don't, want, I don't want to disturb you. I just want you to go on. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, I just wanted to check if I'm still online with you. Yes, you are. Yes, um, you are. We also run campaigns called First Things First. Um, nine years back, we started with this idea that we always used to have employee wellness. You know, when when staff goes out and does employee wellness, you know, did you have lots of things for employees. Um, they're checking blood pressures, cancer screenings. They're doing diabetic testing. We said, what about our poor young students? Um, remember, you are from WITS. You still have 50% of middle-class students coming into, or, or, or rich students coming into WITS. But universities like Zululand, Walter Sisulu, or TVET colleges, they are fully coming from students from rural backgrounds, informal ba- uh, settlements, which absolutely no resources. So we started these wellness days for them. We tried to do it once every quarter um, uh, of the season. And for full five week, five days in a week, you have services like blood pressure, HIV testing, cancer screening, um, everything in wellness, the dental, eye checkups, free for, for the students, but on the campuses. So when they come out of the classrooms in a foyer, in a student, of, in a student um, housing, or probably you will see it in a, in a playground, they will all be camps around and marquees around and students go from one place to the other. And the aim is to have wellness days. Mm. It was a concept we started about nine years back. And today I can tell you it's the only campaign in Africa that has always grown every year, still running in the 10th year. It's a decade old. And it was awarded by UN as the best campaign uh, in, the, in, in Africa. Mm. And primarily it became because the students loved it. It was easy access for students. It was right at their doorstep. Somebody felt they must also have the wellness days as much as we do it for our academics or our employees in any private sector. And I think it was a concept that worked. And then, of course, uh, our clinics in in institutions of higher learning. Remember, our clinics were primarily meant for sports and primary health care, like injuries or a flu. But we're now transforming our clinics into a kind of a community health care system. 
where we can provide HIV testing, uh, even ARVs on the sites. Uh, we can go as high as providing specialized services like contraception for students on routine basis. Uh, we're trying to get a psychologist and social worker full-time coming in, even if on routine basis. Um, some universities are advanced. They do have good system of referral. Many are, many are struggling. So we're trying to make it linear where systems of social and psychosocial support comes for, for clients with, medical, with mental health, gender-based violence, encouraging on women empowerment or reporting. Uh, so so it's, it's a lot of um, infrastructure, a lot of work that I'm talking about. Yeah. And again, um, our partnership with radio stations, like yourself with WOW FM, we're very proud. We started with you as WITS Radio, and I'm very fortunate I'm speaking at this radio station. That became the pioneer radio station for other 19 other community radio stations that joined later on on our project called Future Beats. Where, where through you, in an innovative way, musical way, comic way, we are sending important messages to our, our, our young lives. Mm. Uh, and you never know, sometimes because of you and, and your engagement in a musical way, one life decides to test for HIV. One life decides to seek counseling on, on a partner who is creating violence in her own household. Or, and she's not educating herself, she's not focused. And she wants to come out of that relationship, and that empowerment happens. Uh, somebody sim- living with the symptoms of mental health has no insight because of you. That happens. And, and, and we see the results of how many students then come up front to take these tests, these results, participate in our second curriculum face-to-face. Mm. So, so right from radio stations, providing services, second curriculum of peer-to-peer, integrating it with academics, working with life orientation, working with, um, and, uh, with, with, with health sciences, social sciences, uh, with business sciences, and many other faculties to see how can we integrate these social issues and health issues to educate our young lives. All right, that seems like a lot uh, that has, uh, you know, you, you, you have been doing as an organization. Um, but I think uh, there was, a, you know, a conversation that we were having actually yesterday with a couple of colleagues of mine, um, just around the, you know, the stigma around uh, especially STIs and HIV. Yes, uh, there's a, a growth in knowledge. Uh, I mean, when it comes to HIV, there's a growth in the number of people that are taking ARVs and treatment and, you know, getting tested. But there is still a level of stigma that is still attached to that. Um, how do we maneuver around? that in demystifying um, that that stigma that is attached to um, health issues that um, are preventable and treatable and not death sentences like STIs and HIV. The unfortunate part of our South Africa is the diseases that are infecting our young people and killing our young people much higher than the ones, you know, we as old people must die earlier than our young people. <laughs> it's very sad yeah. that young people die before an old person. And that is because primarily because of diseases uh, which are uh, epidemics that are infecting our young people are epidemics which are all related to stigma. Uh, these are all sexual related, gender-based violence, mental health. These are all unfortunately related to high stigma attached to it. So the only way to fight, and we have seen this with high success, is peer-to-peer. Um, there's nothing better than a peer-to-peer influence. You know, um, a peer learns from a peer. Um, when a student engages another student on HIV or, in, or on condoms or on unplanned pregnancies or on, on mental health, they get it much faster through a practical way of learning than 
uh, an academic telling them or a, or a healthcare worker trying to force them on things. Second thing that has worked for us is making it youth friendly. Uh, that's why radio stations we got came to you guys. Uh, that's why we are trying to bring services at the easy access for them. All this is in a habitual way of making it youth friendly. Making it youth friendly helps them to to overcome the stigma. So obviously, automatically, what we're trying to achieve is to fight stigma because more we fight stigma, more we get uh, our young lives to to take these services faster. Catch the main switch Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Only on Power FM.